uh, daily podcast where we talk about the movie Tombstone and discuss and talk about it more than anyone should, minute by minute. I'm your host, Rob, and I'm joined by my co-host and good friend, Joe. Happy Tuesday, everybody. That's right. And uh, this is Minute 27. Um, we're, almost at the half, we're almost at the half hour mark, Joe. What a journey it's been. Yes. Uh, and in, in Minute 27, the scene starts with um, uh, Mr. Fabian and Josephine discussing the men of the frontier. Uh, and it ends with us seeing the Birdcage Theater. When you close your eyes, does it feel like he's describing you? <laughs> that should be, if we ever do like a promotional audio or video of us, it should be, um, it should be that. It should be Billy Zane talking about Doc Holliday and Wider, but they just cut to pictures of you and I, like in front of our laptops with headphones on, talking into a tiny microphone. <laughs> <laughs> they have the look of both predator and prey. Uh, I'd really like the sequence. Uh, once again, we're, we're doing minute by minute. We have a lot of negative, negative things to say about Josephine. So far, still a fan. Yeah, and I don't ever really have negative things about to say about her specifically. It's more about the super boring scenes that they have her. Like, she could be really cool. Yeah. And but she, I, I, she's not. Um, and I think there's a shot on here when, uh, speaking of when they show Wyatt and Doc, uh, there's a part where they're standing and they look, like, very thin and they're upright. Uh, I'm pretty sure that is also in the Ken Burns intro that we see at the yes, beginning of the movie. Okay. Um, big fan of that shot. Uh, big fan of, like... They do a really good job of having this, like, on paper, this scene could go wrong so many ways. Yeah, and and later on will. Yes, but right now with Billy Zane talking about it and, like, how they show, um, you know, Wyatt and Doc just sort of hanging out talking, it, it works pretty well. And, 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 and I feels... guess the only issue is that, like, generally speaking, in the, the, this kind of situation where the male protagonist, or I guess it could be a female protagonist, too, is sort of tempted by another man or another woman, like, the audience needs to feel that sense of conflict, too. Like, that, yeah. that feeling that, you're, on the one hand, you want them to resist that temptation because you want your heroes to be good, but on the other hand, you understand the appeal. But Maddie is just introduced as such a dreadful, awful, miserable character this whole this whole way through that you're immediately just like, oh, he should go with her. Where did Texas Jack and um, Creek Johnson and Morgan and Wyatt or Morgan and Virgil and Sheriff? Because like all those guys just cleared out somehow. I, I would assume Morgan saw something shiny and wandered away. And Virgil's got that leash attached to him, so he's got to go with. <laughs> and child leash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would assume that the other boys went off to see the judge, right? Oh, I suppose they probably had to take them. Oh, maybe that's what happened. Maybe uh, maybe they took them to see uh, the judge, and uh, Judge Spicer, and, uh, and maybe the other Earp boys went as witnesses. Yeah, like they know them, so that they want to bring them in to, to uh, speak to their credibility. Yeah, I like that. I like how we sort of figured that out. <sighs> We're geniuses. So <laughs> I had a question for you about okay. sort of in this scene, um, Mr. Zane and Doc are sort of mirror each other as kind of like the uh, wingmen, so to speak, sure. of our, our two uh, star-crossed lovers. Who do you think would be a better wingman, 
Billy Zane, because I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna call him Billy Zane. I'm not gonna call him by his character's name. Billy Zane or Doc Holliday? Who would you rather have as your wingman? Oh man, I'm leaning towards going with Mr. Fabian. Going with Billy Zane on this one. Is that strange? No, I I, I agree, but I'm curious to see if you have the same reasoning as I do. Okay, here's my reasons. One, I don't know how reliable Doc is. Um. He, what do you I, mean? We've sort of learned this. Uh, he he drinks a little bit. Oh, yeah, true. And he's also a lunger, and so he's sweating all the time. Like, you can't have a wingman that is just, like, <laughs> That looks like he's lying with everywhere. <laughs> yeah, good point. Embarrassingly sweaty. And then, so that's, like, the downside of what happens. But also, like, Doc is pretty smooth. In uh, the next minute, he talks to Maddie in a very smooth fashion. Maybe the only character in the movie to do that. And, uh... There's sort of like the threat of him stealing your girl where, you know, I don't want to delve too far into uh, Mr. Fabian and his interests, but I don't think he's going to be stealing any girls away. Yes, and that that subtext grows exponentially in the next couple of minutes. And uh, I also don't know if I want to talk about it, but I think. No, I don't think not yet. There's plenty plenty of zany minutes ahead. This is only their second zany minute. Well, it's not Um, even so much about Zane. It's about someone else. But yes, there's another teaser. Yes, there is. So um, I know you did a little research for us, as you're wont to do. Yes. So we Where go to we the bird, Birdcage Theater. I'm very excited about this. Um, before I jump into this, I, I actually just mentioned this to my wife today. I was like, I was like, listen, I need to go to Tombstone. Um, hmm. And she's like, why? I was like, well, I mean, come on, you know, doing this. And I'm finding out all these structures are real and that you can see them. And that's awesome. And she's like, was it shot there? And I was like. No, it was shot, it was shot oh, on a set somewhere not. else. <laughs> but either way, the Birdcage Theater still exists. So it's another place we can go visit on our Tombstone uh, party bus that we take all our fans on. <laughs> um, We're going to rent an RV and paint horses yeah. on the side of it. <laughs> Tombstone or bust. We'll make sure that their eyes are covered for you, though. <laughs> uh, so, the two, so first off, uh, one note here. Uh, apparently, uh, this theater was built in 1881, December. Yeah, it's mentioned 18... on the curtain, I believe, or no, yes. on the sign Decem- on the outside. It says that, yeah. Uh, I think it's on the curtain as well, but yeah, just oh, on the outside that is. And then December 1981 or 1881, um, I, I I looked. It was December. This is the sad part. The shootout at the OK Corral happens in October of 81. Oh, yeah. This is wow. I know. I hope we probably just lost a bunch of listeners. Um, this is you're, you're saying this movie isn't totally historically accurate? Not totally, but wow. I tell you, outside of that, from what I can see of pictures of what the Birdcage Cedar looked like, they do a great job. This looks just like it. Um, so I read some about it. It is fantastic. This is my favorite Wikipedia entry so far. Okay. Um, so it was built in 1881, and obviously it was big during the silver mining boom. Uh, and the theater, in, inside the theater, there was a stage. Uh, there was a bar that you could go order drinks at. There was a stage, which is what we see. Um, and then there was a basement. And in the stage, they had boxes on the balconies, which we will see uh, shortly. And here's the best part. Patrons could be entertained by prostitutes up inside those boxes. That's sort of like what they were meant for. And between acts, dancing girls... These are not my words. These are Wikipedia's words. Dancing girls in short dresses and low-cut necklines served drinks and offered sex. 
And it wasn't all about the sex, Joe, because they received a percentage of all drinks they sold. Okay. So they were saleswomen as well. Um, It also had a basement inside there, which apparently was world famous for the poker game that occurred there. And the rumor is that it was the longest running poker game in the history of the world, I guess. Wow. (laughs) It went on. Ready for this, Joe? It went on for eight years, five months, and three days. So there's just constantly people playing at that table. Yes. And like awesome. the rumor is like $10 million exchanged hands during all that, and that the uh, birdcage theater took 10% of the cut. And if we know anything about the history of the American West, is that the tales are never tall. Never. <laughs> never. Um, so, yes, we will have to add the birdcage theater to our, um, our tour. Absolutely. Um, it seems that's awesome. what inspired the uh, the Robin Williams film as well, I believe. <laughs> I think so. I think you're right. Uh, so I'm guessing, like, if the if it's called the Bird Cage Theater, I wonder if like if those balcony areas are called cages. <laughs> I, I mean, think I think I, they are. I think that's sort and, of like the idea is that those are the cages. And it's not lost on me that all of the Earp women were former prostitutes as well. Hmm. All of them, right? I mean, um, I don't know if this is your fun fact you teased about Josephine, but um, she did meet Wyatt uh, there at that theater, so that is factual. Um, and uh, like you see, like there's the orchestra pit and stuff, like that's all there, like all that stuff is is pretty genuine. But he met her there; she was a prostitute, so um, she also, I think, performed on the stage. But obviously, she might have sold drinks and other goods <laughs> services. <laughs> Yes. Uh, yes, services, I guess, not goods. Uh, so do you know so, why she was in, in Tombstone in real life? No, I do not. And this is what I think is kind of a missed opportunity and would have made this movie a lot cooler, is she was lured, like, kind of talked into going there by none other than Sheriff Behan. Oh, really? He promised okay. to marry her, and then she showed up and he reneged. Well, okay, and, so that's sort of – I mean, that, that that's important because that makes sense with their relationship that we see later on, right? Like we see them at the OK Corral later on together. Yeah, and it just never really explicitly – like in this, it just seems like she just showed up like as part of a touring troupe. But uh, yes. in real life, he, lo- he has her go there, and then he kind of loses interest or whatever, and then she hangs around and then meets Wyatt. And as far as I could tell, Mr. Fabian, the Billy Zane character, is not real. Not a real person. Oh, that's too bad. Well, he's too he's too good to be true. Too yeah, prettiest man I've ever seen. Um, we, we also oh, oh, go on. No, I I that's really all I have on this minute. We we this episode also features my I think my favorite insult in the whole movie, and it's in the very last few seconds uh, when Jason Priestley stumbles in, and one of the cowboys yells out, "Hey there, sister boy!" <laughs> yeah, so it's I I'm really I'm really torn on um if that happens because on my when i watched it maybe my timing is slightly off that happens the first second of the next minute it's, so it's it's down to the millisecond about whether it, it lapses over but um so i, I'm gonna I think a, they yell it twice also so you may have heard him yell it the second time i'm gonna put a pin in the jason Priestley uh sister boy comments because i think uh tomorrow we have a guest and i feel like he will have a lot to say about i feel like that's material we should hear from him and and for people of our generation, like I think we we're probably slightly too young for Beverly Hills 90210. Yes, but, 
but I, I, which makes me feel bad because um, I would assume like a, a Generation Xer would have a lot more to say about him, and it's very weird that he's in this movie. It is strange because a lot of the casting of this movie is either huge stars or um, a lot of the bit parts are played by you know guys who've been in westerns or you know we've sort of gone over those guys so far. But yeah, the the casting of Jason Priestley is is. <laughs> They're like, well, maybe we can drag some 90210 fans in. Maybe get those ladies in. And they must have pulled, like, a Terrence Malick and, like, got him into the movie and then cut out, like, an hour of his footage probably. <laughs> like, yeah. where, like, uh, George Clooney's in The Thin Red Line for, like, four minutes. Yeah, maybe that. Um, it, it is interesting. I think it's another example of, like, he does – I mean, we'll, we'll get into – I think it's Billy Breckenridge is his character. Yep. We'll, yeah. we'll get into him. Uh, more, I have a lot but... of questions about it, and I, I do believe our guest tomorrow is will help us figure this out. We need help. Yeah, so we should point that out. So tomorrow uh, is is our Wednesday episode, Minute 28. We're going to have a guest. We're going to try something out and have uh, – we'll see. This is – we're guys, this is all on the fly. We really don't know what we're doing. Um, but we're going to try to have a guest every Wednesday. I don't know. Huckleberry Wednesdays, Joe? What do you think? Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that'll do. Yeah enthusiasm on that seems uh, <laughs> out of this world um do you have anything more on minute 27 no i don't okay well um we'll be back tomorrow with another episode minute 28 and we will have a guest exciting finally you'll hear a third voice about tombstone well bye <laughs>